Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 6 of Revelation chapter 22. We're going to be reading verses 4 and 5. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. And I'll stop reading there. In our last study, we... We're discussing uh, the first part of verse 4. They shall see his face. And we saw that in the Bible, God relates the face to glory. And in um, a few places, in Exodus chapter 33, Moses um, wanted to see the glory of God. And, and God said, you cannot see my face, but I'll show you my back parts. And and that's what God did. And, and also in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4, the Lord made um, connections to glory and face. So really, when the Bible says, and they shall see his face, it really has in mind that they shall behold the glory of God in its fullness. Now, at this time, we behold partially the glory of God. We see God's glory as he reveals himself on the pages of the Bible. Or uh, just from the information we know from the word of God, the scripture. But in that day, that point when this world has passed away and the new heaven and new earth has been created... God reveals himself like he has never done before to his people. He comes and dwells with them, and and now they see him face to face. It says in Psalm 17, in verse 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And here, um, there is an early reference to the resurrection. And at that time, God's elect will receive their new resurrected bodies, glorified bodies to be joined with their glorified souls, one glorified, whole, perfect personality, now without sin in any any way at all. And at that point, the child of God, God's elect, becomes qualified to behold the face of God, to see God's glory. Once they themselves have had their sins removed, now they can behold the glory of God and not die, as, as God told Moses long ago, no man shall see my face and live because of man's sinful condition. But 
um, when an individual is changed and translated into uh, a sinless new creature themselves, then they're able, they're equipped and qualified to enter into the holy, holy, holy presence of God and and to behold this glory. Remember, in the Gospel accounts we read of uh, Moses and Elijah that met with the Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, we call it. And uh, uh, Moses and Elijah and, and the Lord Jesus were shining brilliantly with the sun. Well, both Moses and Elijah had already received their new resurrected bodies. They were born again in spirit and in body. Therefore, they will be like all the elect on that last day. And that's what qualified them to meet with Christ. And for Christ, uh, he was not showing the fullness of his glory. He emptied himself as eternal God of his glory to enter into the human race and be a man dwelling amongst men. But at this point, since um, these uh, two, Moses and Elijah, were in their glorified condition, Jesus could also reveal his glory. And, and so there he is, shining brilliantly as the sun. And the disciples, they, uh, they were fearful. They, they, they couldn't even look on that kind of a thing. Like the Israelites of old, when Moses came down from the mountain, they could not look on his face, for it shone. And the, the glory of God shows forth the purity, the tremendous purity and holiness of the Almighty. And it's only in that day that all of God's elect can behold his face because we will be like him. As it says in 1 John chapter 3, and I'll read verses 1 and 2. It says in 1 John 3 verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That is, in the fullness of his glory. We shall see his face. And it goes on to say in Revelation 22, at the end of verse 4, And his name shall be in their foreheads. And uh, we, we've we seen this kind of language a few times already in the book of Revelation concerning the name of God in their foreheads or, or the foreheads of God's people. And also the name of the beast or the number of the beast or something like that uh, in the foreheads of the unsaved. In the forehead is the place where the mind is located. And in the Bible, heart, mind, and soul 
are all synonymous. And, and when God saves someone, he gives them a new heart or spirit or mind. And now in their minds, in their foreheads, they are completely desirous to do the will of God. There is an ongoing desire to do God, or to keep God's commandments. They want to. It is the fact that God has changed the will of the individual because they have a new spirit that is without sin and and a right spirit that causes them to seek after God and, and to seek to do His will. Well, um, let's go back to Revelation 7 and just look at a verse there and also we'll look at another verse after that where the foreheads mention. Revelation 7, verse 3 says, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And then it says in verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And then God lists twelve thousand from the twelve tribes. And even though it's not emphasized, and it's sort of hidden, what we have are the 144,000 are said explicitly to be sealed. But then when we read of the great multitude, after the 144,000 are sealed, it says, After this, I saw a great multitude which no man could number. And it doesn't say they were sealed, but it says they were saved. They had their sins washed away. And that's exactly what being sealed points to. So really, all the 144,000 as well as the great multitude are sealed by the Spirit of God. And they're sealed in their foreheads because they have a new mind now. They're, they're new creatures. In Revelation 9, in uh, this chapter, where God is describing and goes into detail regarding Judgment Day, it, it says... In verses 3 and 4, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power, and was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And, and again, those with the seal of God in their foreheads are the elect, the ones God has saved. And the rest would be those that are not saved. God did not change them. They have no Holy Spirit. Their minds or their souls are not new. And, and therefore they do not have the seal of God. And they are subject to being hurt. And, and that is, um, Throughout the entire period of, of judgment, they are hurt. As we read of the locusts that hurt men for five months, the unsaved, not the true believers, are not hurt by the message the locusts bring. And the locusts are the true believers themselves, God's elect. The message is the door is shut. 
the light of the gospel is out. The rivers of water of the gospel have ceased to flow and, and so forth. And none of this hurts the elect because they've already been saved. They're already inside the door. They already have the inner light shining of God's spirit. They already have rivers of living water flowing forth from their belly. And they have no need of these outward things of the gospel that were shining or rushing forth as water in the deserts of this world. There was now no need for any of the elect because God has already taken care of their spiritual need. He's already saved them. And, and so we see in both places in these verses, having the seal of God in the forehead um, means that someone has become saved. Well, in our verse, and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Everyone in this place of this new earth, they're all saved. It's all of the elect, everyone whose name was written in the Lamb's book of life, has been brought in, and all are of one mind. The mind of Christ. The mind of God. God has made a people for himself and given them a mind after his own mind, as he said of David. He's a man after mine own heart. Well, in the Bible, heart, mind, and soul are synonymous. God could have equally have said, David is a, a man after mine own mind. And and so is each child of God were after the mind of God. All right, let's go on to verse 5 of Revelation 22. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And, you know, God is drilling these things home. He's hammering them, to, to use another figure of speech, like a nail just hitting the same point over and over and over again. In these last couple of chapters especially, he wants us to know that the conditions of this world and the situation of this evil world will not be the condition or situation of that world, that new heaven and new earth. It will be completely different. There will be no need of, of candles or light of the sun. There, there is no night there. So, of course, you need a candle in the night to light so you can see. You you need the sun to rise, to uh, uh, bring forth light, to chase the dark away. And that that's how it's been in this world. And those things pointed to the gospel. Because the world lieth in darkness, the darkness of man's hearts, the the darkness of sin, the kingdom of darkness ruled in the world, Satan, the uh, ruthless, fierce, evil king ruled over 
um, the the ones he had conquered back in the Garden of Eden, and and men did service to sin and to Satan, and many terrible, awful things were done in the dark, in the night, the spiritual night that had come upon the world, and and yet the night is no more. There there is no more night in that place, which means no more sin. No more death, no more sorrow, no more evil deeds, and, and all the grievous things that accompany it. There, there is no more Satan, uh, no evil king that, that is stirring up trouble, and no more enemies of God in any way. All these things are constants in this world. They're, they're everywhere. We're immersed in, in the night while we live in this world. All around us, we see the evidence of darkness in our everyday lives, but not there. It's gone. The, the heaven and earth that are now are passed away. God has brought the judgment upon Satan. He has destroyed that evil fallen um, angel uh, forevermore at this point Satan has been destroyed and exists no more the demons the angels that fell with him into sin have also been destroyed and exists no more the whole billions of people that have sinned against God have at this point been destroyed and exists no more the world that was uh, given over to corruption and the whole universe tainted by sin and therefore corrupt has been destroyed and exists no more. And so there is no night there. This is a new creation. This is a new heaven and a new earth. And the ones dwelling upon it are all new creatures created anew in the image of God in body and soul and and it it's all a beautiful place once again there is life there is light and only light as it says they uh there's no night there they need no candle neither light of the sun for the lord god giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. God gives them light. This verse reminds us of what we read in uh, the last chapter, Revelation 21. Remember it said in verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Now, the word light in Revelation twenty one twenty three, it it's Strong's number thirty eighty eight, and it's the same word translated as candle in verse five of Revelation twenty two. There shall be no night there. They they need no candle. They they need no candle. Well. That's because uh, the Lamb is the candle thereof. So there is no need to 
light a candle of, of a gospel to, um, bring light to dark places because God is the light. Christ, the Lamb, is the candle that is always lit. And, and remember that candlestick typified the Lord Jesus Christ, typified God's blessing in the midst of the congregations. We, we read about the, uh, candlestick in the early chapters of Revelation, in Revelation 2 and 3, when God was using the churches and blessing the churches. The candlestick was in their midst. And then when God ended his relationship with the, with the New Testament corporate church, he put out the candle. He put out the light of the gospel and the church went to its its natural condition, with, apart from God, as all men and their natural condition in their sin is darkness, and and yet, you see, that was Christ dwelling in the midst of a corporate body, and there's a little figure there that that there's blessing of God as long as the candlestick, the light of the candle, is shining. And, and there was blessing in the world with God's salvation as long as the light of the candle shine. But um, we know on May 21, 2011, God put out the light of a candle to Babylon, to the nations of the world and in the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. And once God put out the light of the candle, the world went dark. No more salvation. But here... God is is indicating that um, that the Lord God giveth them light. That Christ is the candle, and all the language of the Bible, everywhere that we read of the new heaven and the new earth, is unanimous. It is all in agreement. The light now will shine. Forever and ever and ever, it will go on shining, shining all day long, to use a figure, and there is no night there. So that means it's always day, it's always shining. The light of God, the blessing of God is always present and always upon the people of God. And and so there's just wonderful light. Wonderful blessing uh, for God's elect people forevermore. Evermore, no threat, no danger, no possibility of the light ever being removed, coming out of the midst, or or being put out in any way. There, that's what God is emphasizing, and He He is continually. In many of these verses, repeating himself to say it again. And we need to hear it again. The, the condition of this world we have lived in and under for all of our lives long. And, and so has everyone else that has come into this world over many generations. We've all lived in this kind of condition where the world's in darkness and only light that shines is is emanating forth from the Bible, the Word of God. Well, now 
the the condition of that world is completely opposite. It is a world of light. It is a world of bright, glorious, brilliant light that shines and shines and shines. Here in in this world, we we know about the darkness. We know that uh, there there's even depths to the darkness. You you can uh, think after hearing some some depraved act or or depraved um, thing that has gone on that is just so ugly, so super ugly. And uh, as we recently heard, uh, we don't have to look that far, do we? When when we hear of governments and and people this world who kill children with abortion and sell baby parts. It, 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 that's about as ugly as anything can get. It, it's just uh, awful, awful, awful that this takes place in this world. And it, it, we think, oh, that's just so terrible. That is super dark, super dark. And yet, no, that's not the final bottom of the depths of depravity. Things can even get worse. There is darkness to the left and darkness to the right. There is darkness even in our own lives as we sometimes fall into sin or in our own homes. And just everywhere in this world, there is darkness. And yet in that world, wherever you look, look to the left, look to the right, look within, look without, Look at your neighbor, look at Christ, which is where we'll be looking, and it'll be light, and more light. And just as we we sometimes think, oh, this is even more dark than anything we've heard, we'll look and say, oh, this is more um, enlightening than anything perhaps I've seen. And yet, the the we can't say the depths of light, but there will be just degrees going further and further into the light, into this beautiful new heaven and new earth that that is bright shining in its brilliance, and it is where God's people will go, and, and it is finally, really, what all the world has promised, what all those children's storybooks have promised, and it was never true. They lived happily ever after. It's never been true in this world, but it is true when we read of what the Bible tells us. It is a glorious, eternal future for the saints of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.